Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fourth of six Christmas Eve services here at New Spring. And let me just say right out of the box, I appreciate so much all you go through to attend New Spring. And that's true every weekend, but especially with Christmas Eve, the traffic jams, getting your kids checked into the kids' world, and finding a seat and all that. So we don't take that lightly that you would spend part of your Christmas experience with us here at New Spring. And could I give a shout out to one more group of people? Uh, Christmas Eve is real special here at New Spring. And it takes us 800 volunteers to pull off a Christmas Eve. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's volunteering. We started with our first service last night at 5.30, and then we'll end this evening. And a lot of people, a lot of new springers will actually have been here like about 3 o'clock yesterday, and they'll leave about 8 o'clock tonight. And then they'll stand around and say, I wish we had another service to do. So you volunteers, you guys are rock stars in my world. Uh, we're closing out a series tonight called Holidays. And I'm sure you realize that's a play on words, on, on holiday. Holiday comes from a couple of words that mean holy day. And holy just means that which is like God or that which pertains to God. But whatever we are at New Spring, we try to be academically honest and especially honest with ourselves. And the truth of the matter is, there's a whole lot of the holidays, it doesn't feel a lot like God. I mean, to be honest, it can feel a lot more like the opposite of God. And because of that, a lot of times during the holidays, we get into a holidays, D-A-Z-E. And we've been working on that. We've been asking the question, how do we get the holy, how do we get the like God part back into our holiday? And we started on the week before Thanksgiving with a message called Black Friday Blues. We talked about the challenge of overspending. And then in week two, the talk was called My Crazy Family. And in week three, we were very honest about the fact that many of us struggle with our feelings, including myself, this time of year. And we talked about the challenge of dealing with an emotional disorder and in a talk called I Don't Feel Merry. And we, we, we've talked about a lot of subjects. Um, but I just want to ask a question. Is it just me or does this daze does it get more intense the closer we get to Christmas? I mean, for one thing, just the way people drive. I'm staying away from certain roads in Wichita. I mean, a couple of days ago, I was driving, and it was like NASCAR. It was like the last lap at Daytona, and I was just in the Dillon's parking lot. I mean, you know? So, I mean, it's like, and, and, you know, people just, I mean, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year and the Christmas spirit and all that, but a lot of times when I see people, people wave, they're not using all their fingers, and so I just <laughs> think about that. There's a police officer, one of Wichita's finest, I heard, that pulled over a couple um, in the Christmas season, and uh, he was trying to be as, as congenial as he could be, even though he had to give the guy a ticket. But anyway, he walked over to the driver's window and he said, sir, um, you know, I'm pull I pulled you over because you, you ran through the red light back there. And about that time, his wife leaned forward and said, I told him not to try to coast through that light, but he said, no, I can beat it. He said, shut up, woman. <laughs> and the police officer said, and while I'm at it, you know, you're in a 30 mile an hour zone and I clocked you going 55. She leaned forward again and said, he does it all the time. I tell him and I tell him and he just insists on speeding. He said, woman, I told you to shut your stupid mouth. And at that time, the police officer leaned over to her and he said, does he talk to you like that all the time? She said, only when he's drunk. <laughs> There's a guy who won't be home for Christmas. And, and, and my kids are grown now, you know, and they're married and we're in the grandkid phase, but, 
You know, it seems like Christmas Eve has always meant for us that I'm going to have to deal with the most demonic expression ever brought over into English. And it's some assembly required. <laughs> Whatever wicked person came up with that, there's great punishment ahead. <laughs> because the one thing I've discovered about those instructions is that oftentimes they don't tell me what I need to know, but they wind up telling me stuff that treats me like I'm two years old. And it's like, wow, I mean, why, why, why don't you tell me the part that's salient, but on the other hand, why do you treat me like a child? And the more I got to thinking about that, I started thinking about the world that we live in and how we get treated a lot of times, like when we're given directions, like we don't know anything. And these, are, these are actual directions that were found on American products. On a Sears hairdryer, do not use while sleeping. <laughs> now, how would you use a hairdryer when you're asleep? I don't know. <laughs> on a bar of dial soap, use like regular soap. That raises all kinds of questions in my mind. <laughs> On bread pudding, <laughs> this has got to be a tip of the hat to McDonald's. Product will be hot after heating. <laughs> got to watch out for that. <laughs> my favorite. On an iron, do not iron clothes on body. <laughs> you know, you have to wonder, did somebody try that? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, honestly, I was renting a car. I think it was in Atlanta the other day. I was renting a car, and, and the person behind the counter said, no, you do know, you know, this doesn't cover you if you get a speeding ticket. And I'm like, did somebody come back to the counter after getting a speeding ticket and want them to pay it? I don't know. On a night, on night call sleep aid, it said, warning, may cause drowsiness. That's why I buy a product. And this could explain some accidents. On boots, children's cough medicine. Do not drive a car or operate machinery after taking this medicine. So uh, this is five-year-olds medicated driving steamrollers. <laughs> on, on peanuts, warning, contains nuts. <laughs> and some of you flew American to get in here. On American Airlines packet of nuts, it says instructions. Open packet, eat nuts. And I blame the parents for this last one. On a child's Superman costume, wearing of this garment does not enable you to fly. <laughs> Directions. Well, that's what my talk is about tonight. This is the last talk of the holiday series. I want to bring a talk for a few moments called Clear Directions. This all started in my mind a couple of weeks ago. Uh, should, this is going to sound like too much information, but I, you need to understand this before you can understand the story. I was having lunch earlier in the day with a friend of mine, and I whipped off my glasses real fast, and I guess I whipped them off so fast that they flew over, and they hit a bench and got a gash in one of the lenses. So instantly, I took them over to the optician and said, I need to, get, need to get new lenses in my glasses. But from the rest of that point on, that day, I can't, well, I can see fine distance, but I can't read anything up close. Just file that away. Well, anyway, that evening, we were having a bunch of people over to the house, and Mary Ellen sent me down to Quick Shop to buy three bags of ice. So I walked in the store, and, and I was kind of looking around to see if there's anything else I need over in the, like, cake, cupcake section. <laughs> and I, I, in the corner of my eye, I could see there was a, a, a very attractive, well-dressed lady of Asian descent who was standing at the counter, and she, I could overhear a little bit. She was getting directions from the guy behind the desk on how to get somewhere. But I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. And then she walked out, 
and stood next to her SUV, which I noticed because it was a very expensive SUV, about $100,000. And so I did look at it, and all the time she was sort of standing out there looking at her phone. But I bought my three bags of ice. I walked out to the ice chest to get the ice, put them in the trunk of my car. And just as I was about to get in my car, this lady walked over to me. And pretty quickly I could tell she couldn't speak English, my language, and I couldn't speak her language. And, but I picked up enough uh, to know that she was trying to get to where her family was. This is very important. I mean, this is the closest thing to home that she had in Wichita. This is where her family was, and she needed desperately to get there. And she had before her her GPS open to the location. And she is asking me if I will look at it and give her directions. And I'll look around and see if anybody else is there, and nobody else is there. And the reason why I was just sad about that was she couldn't understand, and I couldn't see. <laughs> and I thought, how's she going to get home? How's she going to get home? She couldn't understand, and I couldn't see. I did the best I could to understand her, and I did the best I could to give her directions. And I hope she made it. And guys, you can tell already at New Spring, we're probably not the most traditional church in the world. And we have a lot of fun, and we celebrate. But we're real serious about one thing. We believe that Jesus Christ came into our world to show us how to get home. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about clear directions and how to get home. You know what was interesting at the moment when I was getting back in my car? I thought about this. I thought, it's not like we weren't intelligent. I'm college educated. I'm going to bet she was too. And it wasn't like we didn't have resources. She had an expensive SUV with a GPS system, and she had a smartphone, and I had a smartphone. It wasn't like we didn't have information. We were surrounded by information. But we just couldn't find a way to get her home. And the reason why I find that particularly interesting today is I think it's a commentary on our age. I mean, we have more information than we've ever had in our lives. I mean, we have information you know, with, with, with all kinds of devices, there never has been a generation in the history of the world that has as much information as you and I have. And yet, what I discover is that there are a lot of people who don't know how, how to get home. They don't know the most important things in life. A couple of weeks ago, I shared, I shared a scripture with our church that was written about the last days, or some people would call it the end times. But Daniel wrote this 25 years ago, and here's what he said about our times. He said, knowledge will increase. But there's going to be a lot of frantic running around trying to figure out what's going on. That's us, isn't it? You know, I have good friends who are very successful in the world. Some of them make seven-figure incomes, and yet when I talk to them, they don't know how to get home. And just so that we don't get lost in the metaphor, when I, what I'm talking about by getting home, I mean, what's my purpose? What am I doing here? Is there anybody out there in the cosmos or in the universe who knows my name? When I die, will it matter that I lived? When I die, am I going to go somewhere? That's what I'm talking about But when I'm talking about finding our way home. How do we get home? On the night that Jesus was arrested, he was meeting one more time with his disciples, the 12. And he's, he's telling them that he's about to go to heaven, and he's telling them that he wants them to be there too. And one of Jesus' disciples, if you grew up in church like I did, one of Jesus' disciples was named Thomas. We grew up, many of us calling him Doubting Thomas, like he had it printed on his checks. But between you and me, I'm glad Thomas was there because Thomas, to me, asked Jesus the essential question. He said, we don't know how you're going, where you're going. And then he asked him, verse 4, how can we know the way? 
That's a good question. How, how, do you find, how, do you, how do you know how to get to heaven? You know, in our culture in America, there's sort of a, a, sort of a schizophrenic disconnect. On one hand, we find ourselves further and further away from God. More and more in America, God is not a useful hypothesis. And yet when someone we love dies, we hear people say they're in a better place. I, I, I find that troubling. I find that people are, are more careful to make sure that their automobile is insured before they drive it, which is a good idea, than to make sure they know where they're going to go five seconds after they leave this life. And that's what Thomas wanted to know. He wanted to know, Lord, we don't know the way. How can we know the way? This is the 50th anniversary of the Charlie Brown Peanuts Christmas special. And I guess it's been on every year for 50 years. I'm so old, I watched the original when it came out the first year. I think it was eight. But if you've ever watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which I don't think any of us could really avoid during this time of year, Charlie Brown, it's, it's a cartoon character. Charlie Brown, is, he's depressed with the Christmas season. He doesn't know what Christmas is all about. He winds up having to produce the Christmas play, and nobody will cooperate with him. And he's upset because Christmas is commercialized. And finally, he just reaches the end of his rope, and he says, I don't understand what Christmas is about. And that's when his buddy Linus comes up to him in the Christmas special and quotes to him the words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. It goes something like this. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Savior. I thought about this a couple weeks ago. I guess there was a school in Johnson County, Kentucky, an elementary school. And the kids were going to put on the Charlie Brown Christmas special. The only problem is they got closer to putting on the Christmas special. The superintendent of school said, well, you can't use the Luke 2 portion. Now, aside from all the other commentary that I would have on that, I thought to myself, what's that going to be like for the kids? Because they're going to do this play where Charlie Brown says, I have no idea what Christmas is about. And since we can't give Luke chapter 2, bring the curtain down. And thankfully, the parents quoted that in the Christmas play. But, you know, if you take Jesus Christ out of Christmas, and hey, I like, I like all the trappings of Christmas. I like the music, the decorations, the lights, presents, the gift giving, the gift receiving. I like all that. But take Jesus out, and what do you have? Because see, when Thomas asked that question, Lord, how can we know the way? What's the way? Jesus said to Thomas, speaking of himself, I am the way. Now, you know, New Spring and guests, you know what surprises me or not surprises me, but I find interesting about Jesus' statement? If a religion could have gotten us there, Jesus would have said, well, Thomas, you need to join this church. If a, if a philosophy could have gotten us there, he would have said, Thomas, adopt this philosophy. If a group of rules, if, if obeying a certain set of rules could get us there, he would have said, okay, Thomas, here's your, here's your schematic of rules. You've got to obey these rules. But he didn't. He said, Thomas, I am the way. See, here's the thing. When we didn't know how to get home, God didn't send us a philosophy. He didn't send us a religion. He didn't send us a set of do's and don'ts. God sent a person. And why? Why did God send a person? Here's the thing. It's because we're broken in a place that religion and rules and philosophy and theory can't fix. We are, you know. 
I mean, it's easy to notice in other people, isn't it? Because we look at the rest of the world and we ask, what makes people do the things they do? Well, it's because they're broken. But in more honest moments, don't we ask ourselves, why do I do the things that I do? And on top of that, I mean, I'm just be real with you. I, I think I have issues I don't, even, I, don't even, I don't even admit to myself that I have. In 31 years of pastoring New Spring here in Wichita and living in Wichita, one of my favorite stories that's come out of the city is the couple that called the police to report that somebody had stolen their marijuana. <laughs> now, I have a weird sense of humor. I would have liked to have heard the 911 call. <laughs> what do you imagine? Somebody stole our weed. Tell me, that, tell me that again. Somebody stole our weed, man. Well, you just sit still. We'll be over there to start an investigation. <laughs> you know, when I hear that story, I think about dumb criminals. But you know what? I can be just like that. I can see the faults in other people, but sometimes I, I don't even agree to the faults that I have in myself. You see, God sent Jesus into our world because we were a broken people. We... We've sung away in a manger pretty much most of us all our lives. It's a Christmas song. I want to call your attention to the third verse because it really explains why Jesus came. It says, be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care. Watch for the verb in the next line. And fit us for heaven to live with you there. See, the reason why Jesus had to come is we had to, be, we had to be changed. We're not ready for heaven the way we are. None of us is. But God loves you very much, and he loves me. Well, let's just draw a total. Let's, let's get a total here and finish this talk. What do we learn? Well, God wants you home. There's not a person here God doesn't want in heaven. He wants you home. You say, Mark, I'm an agnostic. Hey, he wants you home. So you're asking questions. He's got answers for those questions. You say, well, Mark, I've tried religions that didn't work. Put her there, partner. I have too. No, God, God wants you home. God knows you. He knows. <laughs> the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on your head, which in my case is not as much a miracle as it is for some of you. But he doesn't just know what's on the outside of your head. He knows what's on the inside of your head. He knows what makes you afraid, what you dream of, what you care about. And he knows you. And he loves you. And he sent Jesus to make a way for you to get home. Hey, that's the thing I love. That's why I hate religion. Religion is just a man-made nomenclature to try to categorize thoughts about God. The story of this book is Jesus came as a first responder on a rescue mission to get me out of the mess I'm in, to make me ready to go to heaven. And here's how it happened. Jesus came and lived a perfect life. For 33 years, he ran the table and never did anything wrong. I can't go 33 minutes and be perfect. But he went 33 years, and he lived the life I can't live in my place. And then he took that perfect life, and he laid it down on a cross and he hung on a cross for six hours. And the way God looked at it, he paid for my sin. So he, he Took, he lived the life I couldn't live and then took the hill I didn't want to take. And then he turns around and offers me a gift, and you too. That any of us, no matter what we've done, how we felt, no matter that we can never get it right, if we will put our confidence and trust in Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. 
That's what Christmas is about. Like Linus read to Charlie Brown, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, a rescuer, a deliverer. So could I just challenge you here on this Christmas Eve, whatever it is that we're holding on to get home, turn loose of it. If it's religion, turn loose of it. I love New Spring Church, but it can't get you out of Sedgwick County when you die. If it's, if it's your baptism, Wichita water can't wash away anybody's sins. If it's your good record, please let go of that. Just turn and by faith embrace Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Hey, I want to do something. I want to pray a prayer with you. These aren't magic words. But if you want to pray with me, you can, I'll pray it slowly because you can decide whether you want to say this to God or not. Okay? Would you just bow your heads with me? Dear God, I'm a flawed sinner. But I believe you love me anyway. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sin. And I believe he arose from the grave. I don't understand everything, but I trust Jesus. Please forgive me and make me your child. In Jesus' name, 